Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse right here on 670 The Score and your free Odyssey app, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I'm David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball 9 to 11, like we do almost every Saturday. Today, trying to make sense of the Cubs conundrum and hold your attention longer than a Michael Kopech start. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? (laughs) Good morning, David. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting way of putting it. Wow, you are you know you've gotten really mean over the years. You know you oh, came into, you know oh, you were a, no. a, a great columnist at the Tribune for so many years. You know, mild mannered guy, loved by so many, and now, you know you're you're just a you're a rough and tough character. You know you've taken on a new persona. You're still a great guy. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, the exterior, it's its like a turtle shell a little bit. It's its rough. Bruce, let's trace the origin of that to when I started hosting this show with you. I think maybe you <laughs> might be partly responsible for the evolution of, of whatever right. you're talking about. But whatever we're talking about, it's baseball. Last night, the resumption of the season after the All-Star break, I don't know that the Cubs and Sox really resumed anything except for more frustration. Cubs 8-3 to losers to the Red Sox at Wrigley Field. Cody Bellinger, two home runs. The White Sox down in Atlanta, 9 to nothing. Their bats did not get going. Michael Kopech, as I kind of kidded, lasted two-thirds of an inning. He's not been good his last four starts. We'll talk about that, Bruce. But, boy, a very disappointing resumption of the season for both t- sides of town. Yeah, it really was. And, uh, you know, again, the, re- the reality of the trading deadline just being uh, 16 days away, uh, David, and in the situation both the Cubs and the White Sox are in, I guess our theme for you at 312-644-6767 is asking David and I and for all of us to explore whether or not, um, you know, trading is the only thing to look forward to for your Cubs and White Sox here. I think the Cubs certainly have shown signs of still being competitive within that division. 
but uh, right now trailing two teams by seven games in the division uh, makes it a, a little bit ominous with only uh, 72 games left in the season. A lot of people, David, look at the All-Star break and they go, oh, gee, we have a half a season left. There, there's already been 90 games played, okay? This is not a half season. There is much less than that. And you fast forward to the trading deadline two weeks away, you know, you, you knock off another 14 games or so, and uh, you're in full mode of you're either contending or you're not. And that's a decision that many general managers and front office people have to make right now, including Jed Hoyer and Rick Hahn. And I think that's what every fan is looking at if you're following the Cubs or the White Sox is what are you uh, likely to do before August 1st? And we'll continue to talk about that throughout the show and hear from you, 312-644-6767. We'll hear from Bob Nightingale from uh, USA Today at the top of the hour, Bruce, because I think he's plugged into White Sox Matters and has had a lot to say about how many players the White Sox might be dealing. And I don't think anybody would be surprised to begin the conversation there necessarily that the White Sox would be active. But I also remember what many executives have said over the years, don't confuse activity with accomplishment. So I wonder, as we compare the level of activity the White Sox might be involved in, as many as six players leaving town and leaving the roster, change for the sake of change, if you will, Will the Cubs make more significant deals, potentially? Which team in town, the Cubs or the White Sox, will make the deals of the most significance before the trade deadline? Because the Cubs could trade Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman, and still those would be more significant than maybe what the White Sox are doing, unloading and reshaping their roster. It's a good debate, I think, because of where each team is in their respective rebuild. Well, if you look at the Cubs and you want to be uh, hardcore, they, they could be trading uh, just about their entire rotation except for Steele, okay? Because there is interest in all of those pitchers. There is interest in Smiley. There is interest in Hendricks. There is interest in Stroman, okay? So when you look at all of that uh, and you say, what's going on here? You, yes, you do have one of the best rotations in the National League. What do you do with that rotation? That is the charge for Jed Hoyer and for Carter Hawkins, the Cubs' top officials, to try to figure this out. And it's a head-scratcher because as competent as they are and as well as they've done in trades in the past, uh, this is a very pivotal time to decide, well, do we need to just make a few additions here and actually maybe trade some young people uh, from our farm system, something that we weren't even thinking about here over the last three years? Or uh, do we continue to stockpile younger players or even people on the big league roster by uh, shuffling out some very uh, interesting pitchers to other teams? I think it's an easier conclusion for the White Sox to reach. The White Sox and Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams. They're 38 and 55. They are buried deep. This is a low water mark for them. April was bad. This has been worse. They're eight and a half games out. I get they're selling all the way. They're all in. The Cubs, a little trickier. It is a conundrum. I, I think we heard yesterday from Carter Hawkins on the score. We heard from Jed Hoyer at Wrigley Field. And you could hear kind of the, there's mixed feelings because maybe they're figuring this out day by day and they don't have to make a, this determination just yet unless they get a deal they can't refuse. But you heard some of those things and some of those mixed emotions when we heard from Jed Hoyer 
Friday at Wrigley Field. Yeah, I mean, I think, it, yeah, I think these decisions are hard. Um, and, you know, like I said, I think we want nothing more than to, to play really well, really well over the next two weeks. Um, but, but those little decisions in, in you're, you're, you're asking the question, they're phrasing the question about, like, what it would be like if we're selling. But I think the decisions are hard no matter what this time of year. I don't think that uh, buyers view their decisions as, uh, as simple either. It's a, it's a complicated time of year, and there's a number of teams that are in um, sort of similar positions. And so I think a lot will, uh, will play out around baseball over the two weeks, now here and, and elsewhere in terms of teams um, you know, figuring out exactly where they are and making their best or making their best estimate of that uh, at the right time and, and making decisions. Bruce, that was Jed Hoyer on Friday. You heard what he had to say. Curious, you were there at Wrigley last night. Do you think the Cubs are considering this strictly because of the way the contracts are structured for guys like Bellinger or Stroman, or do you think that? Or does that always dictate whether guys are going to be tradable or not? Because I, I do think there's some real conflict here. And, you know, the Cubs facing potentially a third straight July and a sell-off everybody wants to avoid. It's a great question that you asked, David, because uh, as I approached uh, Hoyer with the rest of the media people yesterday before the game, I, I, I preface it by saying you are in the commodities business, Okay. And, and that goes to your point, David, about talking about selling high, selling low. Gold is high right now. Silver is low. Those things change. So you do have to react to where your roster is at, how well uh, that commodity is doing, and when is the optimum time to either extend and continue on with that commodity or move it off and sell at a high price. And uh, and that's pretty much where the, the Chicago uh, Cubs are at with um, Stroman. Uh, I mean, nobody doesn't want to keep Stroman. Okay, the Cubs would love to keep Stroman. You know, the front office would like to keep him. The, the manager would like to keep him. The other players on the team and the fans would like to keep him. The media would like to keep him. But if he walks away from his contract like he can in November and you get nothing for him and you end up in fourth place in the division, you look like a horse's butt. Okay. That is, that is pretty much how it ends up. And in the position that Hoyer and Hawkins are in, you can't afford to look like a horse's butt because you thought you would be going for a division that you're uh, seven games behind two teams. David, this time of year, this is how I do the calculus. If you're seven games out, that's one thing, and you're in second place. If you're seven games behind two teams, you're actually 14 games out of first place. You have to gain seven on each. That is, in some ways, insurmountable depending on how many games are left in the season. So these are smart guys, okay, on both sides of town. They know what they need to do. Whether they can get what they need for these players is another matter. It's easy for us to sit here on a Saturday morning and say, yeah, uh, Lynn, you're gone. Okay, Jimenez, we're going to trade you. Vaughn is even available. Uh, according to uh, John Heyman's uh, mm. report this week. So mm-hmm. with, with that in mind, uh, you know, do you trade your two best pitchers uh, on a team? Will the White Sox trade Cease? Will the Cubs trade Stroman? Uh, just to say, well, we're not good enough right now. We need to move them. No, you have to hear back the right answer. And the right answer is good scouting being done and 
and knowing for sure that the players that you're trading for are going to be someone, some, uh, some people that are going to help you down the line. Going back a month, Marcus Stroman got in front of the narrative, if you will, by tweeting out how badly he wanted to stay in Chicago and how little negotiating had gone on about that, a contract extension. It's been about a month, Bruce, but you're right. They can't make a determination yet, and I think things will start to happen uh, and calls will start to be made on a more frequent basis as we get closer to August 1st because it would be would have been foolish for the Cubs to make a determination a month ago and maybe even this morning. Uh, you have to wait and see, and it will play out. And that's why Jed Hoyer, back to him, speaking before last night's Cubs game against the Red Sox at Wrigley Field, talked about how he expects in the next two weeks to really have action picking up. You know, a lot of the dialogue right now is sort of post-draft, you know, Teams will check in before the draft or during the draft, but it's pretty light conversation most of the time. And, you know, yes, there's there's definitely some early deals. We did some deals in early July when we were selling 2012 to 14, but by and large, I think you expect it to go fairly late. So the volume and intensity will sort of pick up almost daily as we as we get into the, the final week or so. And I think that's that's the what I would expect. I think that there are some very clear buyers out there. There's a lot of teams that I think are still trying to figure out exactly you know, where they stand. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of teams where a good 10 days or bad 10 days could, could change their, what they're doing. And so I think that's been the nature of a lot of conversations. Jed Hoyer, Friday at Wrigley Field. The Cubs are one of those teams, Bruce. There's no doubt about yeah. it in my mind. They, they, they are right now 42 and 48, seven games out in a central division that remains winnable. The Reds are on top, sure. The Brewers are the Brewers. You respect that. But the Cubs should have every reason to believe with their starting rotation – that if they can turn things around, if they can win this series, the schedule is conducive to winning the first part of the second half. Bruce, they don't go out, they don't leave Chicago for another 12 games. Yeah, and after Boston, you know, you make a great point, David. After Boston, you know, they're a tough team. They might be second and last in the American League East, but they're an over 500 team. After Boston, you welcome in the, the Nationals and the Cardinals, two teams with uh, two of the worst records in Major League Baseball. So that when, when Hoyer talks about the next 10 days, he's talking about his own team and his own reflection on what they need to do. If the, if the Cubs reel off, you know, eight, eight out of 10 wins over the next week, you know, over the next 10 days, you're, you're going to maybe get a different reaction from him, uh, from Carter Hawkins, maybe from Tom Ricketts when they go to him and say, here's what we can do. Here's what we here's." We're looking at the future, but we also think we can win the division right now. Cincinnati has lost two straight. Um, you know, the first one out of the blocks here. Um, you know, is our is Milwaukee going to add, knowing that they have some pitchers that are they're they're pretty they're going to be up pretty soon, or do they um, stay stagnant? Do they really go for the division, or are they looking to the future? So. There is an opening for the Chicago Cubs. The thing that they have to do is just play better. They At Wrigley Field, like you said, they're home right now. But over their last uh, eight games, they're one and seven at Wrigley Field. Bruce, when you talk about the Cubs selling, I think that is almost like the most likely conclusion people want, will reach because it's something that they have done before. I still think that they're because of what you just said and because of the opportunity that exists, there's an outside chance that they could be buying as well. And I'd like that speculation much more just because of it would represent a step in, toward 
uh, a direction that, that means they've turned things around. That, those conversations are ongoing and fluid. It came up Friday when John Morosi from MLB Network, guy who was really plugged in, was talking on the Parkinson Spiegel show, and I think Matt Spiegel proposed a, a trade possibility that involved the St. Louis Cardinals and Nolan Arenado. You look at the Cubs, and they need power at the corners. The first and third base, they have been missing the power, and it's a big void in that lineup. And this is what John Morosi had to say about the possibility of Nolan Arenado and the Cardinals making a deal with the Cubs. Still an elite defender for me and an elite competitor. And I, 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 if I'm the Cubs, I would do that. If I'm the Cardinals, I'm not sure that I'd be comfortable still. I know it's a new era and, and they've got Contreras and, and maybe rivalry isn't exactly what it used to be in terms of the way that GMs make decisions. But I still think for the Cardinals who are trying to reestablish some credibility and direction with their franchise to have a, a future Hall of Fame player, which is what Nolan is, playing on on your rival I, I i just think that's that's asking a lot bruce that's a, sp- a specific rumor a specific player but i think in general terms how would you assess the possibility that the cubs could still be buyers here they could be buyers i, I don't see any you know trade between the cardinals and the cubs that would be like uh, it could be you know suicidal for a front office guy if they make a trade like that that w- that would be catastrophic if uh you know arenado comes from the cardinals to the cubs for prospects right now uh would the cubs do the cubs need a big bat in the middle of the lineup a great defender somebody that uh you know is an all-star every year sure sure so do the cardinals you know they 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 still need you just describe otani is that what you just described (laughs) because i hear he's He's, oh, well, he's, I didn't say, John uh, Morosi also reported he's going to be on the market. The Angels are going to consider trade right. possibilities and packages for Otani. Can we include the bean in one of those offers by the Cubs? Sure. I mean, if you want to trade the whole farm system for Otani, you can do it. And uh, I think Perry Manassian, the general manager of the Angels, would take you up on it. That's what he's going to ask uh, for here for the last two months of control over Otani is, you know, maybe four players – that are uh, have some huge upside and that are projected stars out of some farm system. That's what he's going to be looking for in a trade for Otani. The Angels, David, the Angels are out of it. Okay, we're 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 move, moving away from our Cubs Sox topic, but the Angels are out of it. They, they've lost five straight. They they're they're not going to have Mike Trout for about another six or seven weeks. That's over. Okay, it's over with for the Angels. The smart thing to do is trade Otani. The hardest thing to do is to tell your fan base you're trading one of the most iconic players over the last, I don't know, 80, 90, 100 years. Uh, because, <laughs> since you Babe know, Ruth they, would suffice. That's the way right, you refer to right. Otani. Since you, <laughs> since, you can't, since you can't sign him right now, and you need to get something for him before he hits free agency. He's not signing with you. If you offer him... if. If Artie Marino, the owner of the Angels, offers him a contract for $500 million today, okay, for the next 10 years, he's not signing it. It's not signing that's, it. That, that, that's a good point, Bruce. I, I think that's a good thing to remember. It is fun to dream at times, though, so don't be so mean to kill my dreams. You're, see, you're <laughs> mean. You're being mean to me now. Let's go out to the phone lines. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com. Owen is in Willowbrook. Owen, welcome to Inside the Clubhouse. How are you? Good morning, fellas. Just fine. I hope you guys are doing well, too. 
Um, hey, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to show my age here, but back in the 80s, there were four, Sports Illustrated did a survey of the four major four groups. Out of those four uh, sports, the White Sox were voted the worst-run franchise out of all the four major sport, sport franchises. I see that happening today. And the thing, I, the Hawks had a little bit of a run in the early to mid-90s, but the thing that turned them around was change of management when the old man died for the Hawks, and they brought in Dale Talon to be the personnel guy. Dale Talon knows personnel, and he went out and knew how to build around young guys. Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams do not. And as long as we have that management on hand, I don't care if they're going to dump guys. I don't trust them to evaluate the right talent and to make the proper trade. Owen, thank you for the phone call. Bruce, that's a popular sentiment among Sox fans who are fed up with the status quo. Well, I think uh, if the White Sox failed anywhere, it was more in free agency rather than trades, okay? I think they've made some really good trades. I, I, I think they did extremely well. Uh, what you say when they traded Adam Eaton and got three pitchers from the uh, Washington Nationals? Uh, I would say they won that trade. I would yeah. say when I watched watch Michael Kopech pitch last night, it was reminded, uh, I was reminded, like every Sox observer, just how poorly they fared in that one. Right. Well, it, but it looked, you know, in 2019, if you, were, if you were sizing up the Chris Sale trade, he was – uh, starting, he was breaking down and uh, <clears throat> not pitching after 2018. Hasn't pitched much for the last four years. And you had Mancata, one of the top five MVP, MVP finishers in 2019. And you had, uh, um, you, you still had Michael Kopech coming. Uh, and it looked pretty good as far as that trade went. Fast forward to today, doesn't look all that great. Sales still not pitching very much. He's back, but, you know, it's just a shadow of the pitcher that he was. He's had some good starts, some bad, but reality is the last four years he hasn't pitched very much. Yes, but as long as he is healthy enough to place the World Series ring on his finger, the Red Sox will win that trade every single time we talk about it. All right. Well, I'm sorry. stop giving him the finger and let's move on. <laughs> stop giving me the finger, Bruce. You're being mean again. But we will come back and we'll be nice. And we'll talk about one of our favorite games. Should he stay or should he go? The Chicago Aces edition of the program next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Who should stay and who should go? Should I stay or should I go now? With Bruce Levine and David Haw on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Just staring at Tapia at second as he dances off the back. The 0-2. Call strike three. That's Anderson looking one away. 2-2 curveball. Broke his heart. Third strikeout, first looking. There you see some great rotation on the knuckle curveball. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Haw, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock, talking baseball, playing one of our favorite games. Should he stay or should he go? Aces edition, Bruce. Those were highlights from Marcus Stroman, a strikeout. Dylan Cease, a strikeout. I know where you stand on Stroman. Let's restate where you are on that in terms of his tradeability. Also, when you discuss one ace, let's discuss the other. Is Dylan Cease there for the taking for a team that wants to put somebody at the top of their rotation? Well, the, the, the difference between the two pitchers as far as controllability is something that you have to look at, and that determines what you get back from for them in a trade. With Stroman, he's, he has the ability to walk away from the $21 million owed to him next year. It's a player-only option. So uh, it's incumbent upon him uh, to uh, get a new deal done. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Nobody is going to be silly enough to think that Marcus Stroman, after putting up he has so far this year, uh, is not going to walk away from $21 million uh, next year. And at age 33 in 2024, uh, look at a four, five, or six-year extension at somewhere uh, that starts with a three, uh, $30 million a year uh, for his services. With Dylan Cease, you have another year of contract control. Okay, so when you're trading at the deadline, uh, for Stroman, it's going to be a lesser amount as far as number of prospects or quality of, of prospects 
than it is for a Dylan Cease, who is still perceived as one of the top pitchers in the American League, although a wonky season so far this year. And the ability to step right in, and if you th- if you have seven starts, you might win six of them uh, for a contending team going down the line. He has that kind of dominant stuff. Stroman is a rental. Cease is a building block. And I think when you trade either guy and the, the return for either guy would reflect that ideally. Now, you're never going to get ideally what you're asking for, but you have to ask for the moon when you're talking about guys of this caliber. Bruce, we have kind of gently sparred about the Stroman situation since this kind of has been a topic. But, but I think this, I totally understand where you're coming from because if the Cubs are – let's say they don't take advantage of the schedule in front of them, and they are, it seems somewhat inevitable, not going to be in contention in August or September, it would be almost grossly negligent not to make a deal for somebody that is committed to opting out of his of contract. So at that point in time, Marcus Stroman, the his future, the Cubs may not have any choice if they can't play their way into contention. But I do, I do agree with you that they're two very different scenarios because – Dylan Cease could be the difference for a team that wants to get over the top if they're willing to give up the kind of prospects that are necessary to get a, a, a pitcher of his caliber. More likely, Stroman goes, but I think when we talk about the significance, you know, what team will make the deal of most significance, trading Dylan Cease by the White Sox, to me, would be more significant than the Cubs dealing Marcus Stroman because of what they potentially could get in return. Yeah, and and look at, you know, we've heard about, you know, the White Sox window to win a World Series for the last four years. Okay, they, they clearly, <clears throat> in the mind of Chicago baseball fans, executives, um, media people, they clearly showed that they had that window beginning in 2020 when they went to the playoffs, 2021 when they won their division. And then uh, 2022, where you know they just failed and ended up a 500 team, that window has to be determined by Han Williams and Reinsdorf if there's any opening at all in that window any longer. If there's not, then Dylan Cease is a primary part of what another rebuild would probably be all about. You want to make sure that you keep top pitchers like like Dylan sees you, you want to sign them for a long period of time. But if you're not doing that, you're trading him where he gets you the optimum value back, which would be now for any team like the Blue Jays, like the Reds, like, uh, you know, any of the other contenders to have him for two playoff runs this year. And in 2024, that's where you can look, each other in the eye on those teams, those front offices, the owner, and say, this guy can make a difference for us to win a World Series. Therefore, we have to trade top prospect one, top prospect three, top prospect five in this deal. There was a time when this conversation would have seemed silly, and maybe it does to some people now. But these are hypotheticals. And I think when you look at the White Sox, there was always this understanding, maybe up until now, and maybe it hasn't changed, Bruce, but I think that we considered Luis Robert Jr., the all-star that we saw this week return to action and has had a tremendous first pre-all-star break part of the season. And Dylan Cease, they were the untouchables. They were the two players that the White Sox were not necessarily open for business in terms of dealing. 
Do you think that's changed? And, and I think that, you know, do, do, not necessarily Robert, but we're talking about C specifically here. Is, is this more than just two guys kind of batting around ideas uh, because the, it, it's close to the trade deadline? Or do you think the White Sox, if a team called them seriously wondering about, about Dylan Cease, would be open for business? You have to. I mean, you, you, you actually have to be uh, cold-blooded, have ice running through your veins, knowing what's best for the franchise, what's best for the fan base as well. I mean, what's, what's going on right now on the South Side is not serving anybody very well, okay? Uh, does that mean, uh, you know, most people will say, well, any idiot can trade the best players on the team? Sure. I'm not saying you trade Dylan Cease unless you get back what you feel is a slam dunk. You always have the ability to hold on to him. He pitches again next year or in the whole offseason, someone can make a pitch for him as well if you find yourself in a rebuild still in November moving forward. The idea is you're in the listening business. You must listen to other teams. You also must must. Look at them, how desperate they get the last 48 hours before the trading deadline, knowing uh, that they have a difference maker in a Stroman or a Cease that's waiting there to be traded for if you will pull the trigger. Um, That is a big deal when you're going to try to win a World Series. So these are things that are very realistic. Williams and Hahn... uh, Hoyer and Hawkins, they're all going to listen to anything that other general managers have to say. They will take all of those uh, offers seriously and under consideration. They will not say, we will never trade Cease, we will never trade Robert, we will never trade uh, Nico Horner, we will never trade um, Steele. You you won't say that. You you won't You won't give them away, but you will listen to anything that makes sense for you to have a great deal. That That's what your job is. Cease is at the top of the rotation for the White Sox. Lucas Giolito is right behind him. He has been the source of trade speculation. There was a report that the Dodgers might be interested. The Dodgers have prospects. You know the Cincinnati Reds will be interested in starting pitching. Starting pitching is going to be something everybody seeks before the deadline. Let's look at the White Sox rotation, Bruce. Cease. Giolito, Lance Lynn, who pitches today, auditioning for teams that want a veteran starter, I, I would imagine. Michael Clevenger is on the injured list. He's probably not going to be able to be dealt. I don't think they're going to trade Michael Kopech because who would want him? His last four starts have been awful. But I do wonder, is there anybody on that White Sox rotation that you think won't come up in conversations over the next two weeks? No, I don't. I, I think they'll, they'll all be uh, coming up in conversations. And even though Lynn had a horrible beginning to uh, the season and, um, you know, is looked at as not the same pitcher, he's been dominant uh, in his last four starts. And people are going to look at that and say, well, what's Lynn's history? Oh, yeah, he's, he's had dominant first halves. He's had dominant second halves. You know, they, they will roll the dice. You're not going to get for Lance Lynn what you would get for uh, Dylan Cease. You're not, you're, you're not going to get – it back for that, but let's let's analyze what you just said, David, because it's uh, it's a real cogent thought, and that is 
what is the White Sox rotation after 2023, okay? You have Giolito as a free agent. You have Lynn that's a free agent, okay? You have um, you, you have Kopech, who is still a question mark as to what he is, okay? And you have Dylan Cease, okay? So really, what, what is your rotation? Uh, you know, you, you, you have nothing but Dylan Cease to actually count on as somebody, uh, and if you want to con- include Kopech, because Kopech has great stuff. He hasn't been able to stay healthy enough to be out there and consistently uh, push toward 175 innings yet. But uh, let's say you have Kopech and Cease left. What do you do with the rest of your rotation? There's no, there's nobody that uh, is coming in the system right now that's stepping up at this point as far as starting pitching goes. So it's incumbent upon you to, to, to get pitching from somewhere else at this point and, and, and try to move forward. As for the Cubs, before we close this segment, it just comes down to I heard a good pearl of wisdom on the marquee Sports Network pregame show on Friday, which kind of uh, speaks to what we're talking about here. Okay. And I think they already have their plan going in. Uh, you know, it's, they're not waiting to see right now whether or not they're going to be buyers or sellers. They're waiting to hear how much somebody would give them for Marcus Stroman, uh. how much they would give them for Kyle Hendricks. Do they want to trade those guys? Not necessarily. But if they hear the right amount of talent coming back, they have to listen because it's not about only 2023. It's about the future. Cogent thoughts there, Bruce. Well put. Some of them. Some of them. What's up with the music? I don't know. We, we all started dancing at that time. Pretty jazzy you didn't see that music part? in the Levine Lounge. Yeah, call me and uh, Sean Marshall got up and we started moving. <laughs> Sean Marshall. Now, can he pitch? Does he have any innings left? They might need him in the bullpen. It's, it's, it's worth checking out, okay? He would, Good he would stuff, Bruce. Come, yeah. yeah. But look, look, David, in closing out this segment, Am I proposing that they, that uh, inside the clubhouse and Bruce Levine wants to trade these guys? No, but let's be realistic about where these teams are at and what they have to do and that there is a future. Fans don't necessarily look every day at, gee, what's 24 and 25 going to look like? They're interested in right now, and they should. They're paying their money. They're giving their attention. They're buying a marquee sports network. They're listening to the score. They are uh, into this season. They don't want to be projecting beyond 2023, and I don't blame them. Our job is to make sure that people are aware there are situations here that are going to change these franchises, and they could be as close as tomorrow or at the very latest, uh, August or July 31st. Let's project into the second half of the season or the final portion of 2023, Bruce. When we come back, one breakout player per team for you know, the rest of the season, a guy who you may not think is doing much now, but it's somebody who might emerge by the end of the year as a dependable piece for each, the White Sox and the Cubs. We'll talk about it next. It's Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Amaya lines one to third. Past Arenado down the left field line. Another runner's going to score. Amaya going for two. Hustling, sliding, safe at second. It's a double. Cubs lead four to nothing. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine, here until 11 o'clock. That was Pat Hughes here on the score, calling a hit by Miguel Amaya, the young catcher for the Cubs, who has, dare I say, emerged as a breakout player in 2023. Begun that process, Bruce. We're looking at both sides of town. Let's start with the Cubs. I think Amaya is the guy for me in in the second half that will further solidify his spot as a breakout performer uh, of this season, and I think he will remind everybody why he's always been referred to as the catcher of the future. Yeah, that that's a good call, and uh, you know a lot of people, uh, Elise Menneker from uh, Marquee Sports Network in the pregame asked David Ross why Amaya wasn't catching uh, Hendricks. He's been catching him. Uh, for the last three starts, and it had been working out well. And uh, Lise asked him what goes into it, and he was uh, David was you know he was he was always a gentleman, but was short answers as to why Amaya wasn't catching yesterday, and that uh, uh, they had uh, Barnard in there catching. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out with the home run ball. We're not saying it was Barnard's fault at all, but uh, he is certainly somebody that's shown to have a a lively bat and shown to have some defensive skills behind the plate. And if you can catch the professor and he's always complimenting you after those starts, um, that that's a, that's a good jumping off point for Amaya moving forward with his career. Who's your guy? My guy is Christopher Morrell. And I believe that there's a possibility that this is a young Sammy Sosa, uh, before uh, anything alleged for Sammy Sosa in the mix as far as his ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark and be an impact offensive player. He's shown to be that. I I still think he leads the team in home runs. Uh, The ability to identify a ball from a strike was something that Sosa had difficulty with at the beginning of of his career. I think Morrell is starting to learn, starting to take some walks, finding a defensive position where whatever whatever it is, whether it's the outfield or third base, is uh, very important. You don't want a, a, this young player being the DH. He has good physicality. He's a good baseball athlete, sometimes has an iron glove. So I would say just put him at third base, David, okay? Yeah, I think it's say, good, okay, that's a good solution. Morrell, yeah, let's put him at third base and say, Patrick, you know, you're going to be our DH. You're going to be first baseman some of the time. You're still a part of the mix here. We're talking about wisdom. 
But uh, Morrell's our third baseman for the future. That's where he's going to play. And let's live with the defense on a daily basis. Put him in a position where he's comfortable uh, taking batting practice uh, and infield every day and just put him there and say, look, this guy has a possibility of hitting 40 to 45 home runs a year. Let's continue to cultivate him in one position. To your point, over Christopher Morell's brief career, he's now played 163 games, so the equivalent of one season. He's hit 31 home runs and driven in 85 runs batted in. So we're not talking about somebody that does not project as a power hitter like you describe. And Sosa, pre-suspicion, was one of those guys that you thought was on that arc and certainly showed all the skills that are very evident in a, in a Christopher Morrell. So I think that's a very interesting choice, Bruce. Let's switch to the White Sox because I think the second half of this season or the final re- remainder of the year, you're going to see names that are going to force White Sox fans potentially to Google. I mean, a lot of minor league names are going to come up and, and fill spots in the rotation, take spot starts, and maybe get at bats. I mean, who knew who Zach Remillard was before he emerged as a 29-year-old rookie that made his debut and has been a very good performer I think Carlos Perez is a guy that, behind the plate, will get more opportunities. I, who knows what the future holds for Yasmani Grandal. Will he be one of the guys traded? We'll talk to Bob Nightingale in a bit. But Carlos Perez is a catcher I think will get every chance to show the White Sox what they have, and maybe by the end of the season they will like what they have. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. I, I looked at Perez, and I, I think he should catch as much as possible in the second half. I think you're right, David, about that. My pick is going to be a little controversial, but not really. And that is your your strength right now has been, for the Chicago White Sox, your starting rotation over the last three or four years. Your weakness is most potentially your starting rotation, starting uh, with the free agency for three of their pitchers coming off of 2023. My, my take is that with uh, Garrett Crochet, in the minor leagues rehabbing from shoulder soreness, that he goes back and stays in the minor leagues and gets stretched out to become the starting pitcher that he was when he was drafted number one not too many years ago. Stay in the minor leagues, stretch him out, have him pitch every five days, every six if you're more comfortable with that, and make him a rotation piece for the future. That's a great call because that would give Sox fans something that has been in short supply right now and that is hope you have a young left-handed pitcher that shows some promise at triple a with the idea of sliding him into the rotation and maybe getting a cameo in september bruce you would end the season with the arrow pointing up for garrett crochet and there's not a lot of arrows pointing up on that white Sox roster that's a good one yeah here the difficulty with crochet is he came out as a starting pitcher they they broke him in as a relief pitcher he got injured you know, he had this surgery. You're going to have to be able to build up his innings as a starting pitcher. And you know what a laborious type of situation that is for um, getting a guy first to 70 innings and getting him to 120 innings, then building him up to 150 inning pitcher like the norm is right now, 150 to 170 for starting pitchers. So th- this isn't going to be a one-year thing, but if you get the head start right now, and you, you have him play winter ball or go to the fall league to stretch out, then you get a head start on his innings and getting his arm back to being uh, used to being able to uh, throw uh, multiple innings rather than just one inning at a time. 
Bruce, 30 seconds before we break. Jacob Gonzalez was the White Sox first-round draft pick, shortstop out of the University of Mississippi last Sunday. Colson Montgomery has come back and could get a promotion here to Birmingham. I've got to ask you, when we talk about the second half of the season, the remainder of the year, might we see Colson Montgomery in a cameo role in September? I don't think quite yet, but I, I would not I would not say that uh, spring training of 2024 that he's not in the mix to actually make a jump, okay? It would be a big jump if he's not if he hasn't played AAA, but uh, you know, we're talking about a 20-year-old kid. He, he's still really young, but he's made some great strides. He hasn't struggled anywhere that he's been at. little injury uh, situation this year. But um, it's all, I mean, they, they feel great about Montgomery being a part of that mix. And I would say sometime in 2024 would be a real, realistic time for Montgomery. That's the future of the White Sox. The present will include the trades. Coming up soon, we'll talk to Bob Nightingale from USA Today, who's got his finger on the pulse of all things White Sox. It's inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.